a lot of musicians first pick up the guitar or pick up whatever instrument, the drums, the piano, because they might have a hard time expressing themselves with words or in any other way. And picking up music seems to really soothe their soul and it's a different way for them to communicate. Have you ever let stress get the better of you? Want to know how to maximize your productivity? My name is Tommy Bowie. Follow me as I deep dive into the minds of successful entrepreneurs and industry professionals on the tools, tips, and strategies they use to overcome stress and boost productivity in their daily lives, especially when the going gets tough and the stakes are high. This is the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast. My guest today is the executive producer and host for Check Your Head, Mental Help for Musicians podcast. As a former music editor and music journalist of 20 years, she's had the opportunity to interview and cover a variety of musicians and artists, including Chester Bennington of Linkin Park, Ozzy Osbourne, Aerosmith, Green Day, Paul McCartney, and David Bowie. She's also currently a certified life coach for musicians with over 15 years of experience in the healthcare industry. Being a strong advocate for musicians and their mental health, she wants those in her podcast to share their experiences and insights on how they've managed to tackle the challenges of the music industry and their inner demons. Today I have with me, Mari Fong. Mari, thank you for joining me today on the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. It's an honor and a pleasure. Mari, I wanted to get you on the show today because you're currently a life coach for musicians. So I wanted to dig deeper into the thought process and some of the challenges that you've come across in terms of being a life coach for musicians and some of the stories that you've had to, to hear. But before we do that, are you able to give us a little bit of rundown on what it is that you've done and a bit of history about yourself? Sure. You know, I, I've been in the healthcare industry for a long time. I was in the pharmaceutical industry for quite a while, for about 13 years. And I learned all about mood disorders and different physical conditions. And I really have an interest in health and science. Mm -hmm. But then I kind of moved into media. And I've always been a really good writer and decided to try my hand at writing. I started out as an, at a newspaper and became their music editor and ended up interviewing all of these wonderful incredible musicians that I admired. Yep. I got to interview them and also, you know, cover their shows. But as time went on, I realized that the music industry was having issues with mental health. I mean, in 2017 was a really tough year in music because we lost Chris Cornell of Soundgarden and Audio Slave. We also lost Chester Bennington of Linkin Park mm -hmm. about a month later. And then after that, we lost Avicii who was big in the electronic dance music world and EDM DJ. And they, they all lost their lives due to their mental health. And I've had my own struggles with mental health, but I was really persistent in trying to find help and finding the right help for myself. So I really uh, wanted to do something to change that, uh, to improve lives with people that are suffering with a mood disorder, or, you know, going through a really tough time in life where they need some assistance and some ideas on how to get through that. Mm -hmm. So that's really my mission right now with my own podcast, which is called Check Your Head Mental Health for Musicians. You mentioned Avicii's name there. I'm a big EDM fan. And I remember when Avicii passed, it was a big hit on the entire industry because he was such a great musician. And there were signs already previously with his health and he had to take a break prior to, you know, what happened. And, you know, even then, 
the music industry, you can say, wasn't there for him. And you mentioned it there as well. It's about finding way and finding help. And we need to ensure that there's avenues, the ease of access for people to kind of find help. You said you worked in pharmaceuticals for 13 years. Then you started doing copywriting and interviewing. How was that shift like? And how did the podcast conceptualize? Well, you know what? The transition was a real different transition. I mean, mm. I've always loved music. So I was in a, at a point in my life where I wanted to do something different. And I just kind of dove into it because I thought, why not? And it was just supposed to be kind of a side thing. But I ended up really building on that because I enjoyed it so much. And I guess I had some kind of a natural ability it's always good in spelling and English and school. And I love asking questions and finding out about people. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's almost like traveling, you know, just to discover new things about people and to hear their story. I mean, oftentimes it's really inspiring or it could be really just shocking. I mean, so many different things that you can find out about people if you just ask the right, the right questions. So the transition, you know, there were parts of it that were difficult because I was going from the corporate world into a more creative world. And oftentimes what happens is that there's a change in salary and finances. And I really kind of had to navigate my way through that. At the same time, learning something new, you know, learning about a new industry. But the great thing is, is that it got to the point where I wanted to make a difference and make a positive difference in the music industry mm -hmm. because of exactly what you're saying. You know, the, the effect that you had when you found out about Avicii, I'm sure that really hit you hard as a fan. And it's a shock because this is somebody that has brought you so much joy, right? So many good times. And, you know, he was actually getting back into the studio and getting back on his feet when he decided to end his life. So, you know, having myself be in a situation where, you know, you're tired and you feel depressed and you just want, you know, maybe you just want the feeling to end. I can understand that, yep. but I don't want to lose any more people. I don't want to lose any more musicians. And I know that when musicians can share their story, they can help their, their fans and they can help other listeners that might be in the same place. And if we talk about symptoms, symptoms of anxiety or panic attacks or depression or OCD or bipolar, all of these conditions that people don't normally talk about, we can normalize the conversation. And then we could talk about easy, affordable ways and solutions. And that's what I've tried to do with my website. It's checkyourheadpodcast.com is to have like a really easy, affordable ways that people can try to see if it will help improve their mood disorder, improve their life. And ultimately, you know, I want to not only improve people's lives, but also assist in their recovery and possibly even save lives. Mm. But thank you for sharing this story about Avicii because, you know, we have on the podcast, we had Sir Bob Cornelius Repo of the Bloody Beetroots come on the show yep. because, yep. you know, he shared a stage with Avicii many times. And since that happened, it's become one of his missions to speak out on mental health. So he was one of the first artists that came forward to want to be on the podcast. And, you know, I really tried to hit a lot of different genres of music because I know it's, you know, it's kind of a music industry thing. 
and I don't want to be biased toward one or the other, but we have people from pop music like Emma Love of Lute. We have Mackenzie Nicole coming up. We have people like Gilby Clark from Guns N' Roses. Mm -hmm. We have um, Fred Armisen from Saturday Night Live in Portlandia, who's also a drummer for uh, the Seth Meyers show and really loves being a musician as well as being a comedian. But yeah, it's been a journey for sure. You mentioned that this kind of is or it's shown to be a music industry thing. We know that the music industry, one of the current the challenges is addiction, whether it be alcohol addiction or drug addiction. It kind of comes to the limelight quite often. What are some of the common themes when it comes to addiction or stress and mental health that pop up in your conversations with musicians and artists? Well, first of all, I feel like a lot of musicians that I've talked to really have a kind of a shy side to them kind of an introverted side to them. Yep. Oftentimes we see them, you know, on stage and they're busting guitars or they're running around and, you know, stage diving off the stage. But to the core of them, they have really deep emotions and some of them are really afraid to get up on stage. I mean, it's terrifying for anyone to, you know, get up on stage and speak in front of an audience. So with that, and the whole atmosphere sometimes of having, of drinking or having drugs around or people offering it to you, sometimes it can be easier to reach for that and take the edge off, you know, have it to quell your anxiety instead of saying, you know what, I think I should try some therapy for my ADD, mm-hmm. or maybe I should, you know, talk to somebody about this. I'm, you know, constantly feeling down and depressed. So just the atmosphere, I guess, makes it easier for musicians to grab onto that. And it's also like, you know, if you see a musician with a drink or doing something, you know, it's part of that image. And the smart musicians, I have to say, are pretty good about controlling that or not even having that in their lives. I know Gene Simmons is one that leads a really clean life. You know, and I find that the ones that do that really have longevity in their careers and also tend to produce better shows, greater songs. I think the crowd kind of expects them to be perfect every single time, but the crowd doesn't understand that these guys are on tour, they're doing this, you know, every day, and it's mentally challenging for them to be on point and they almost have to put on a persona just to get them to that level of performance. Whereas, you know, as an audience member or a spectator, you're doing this once every three months, you know, and it's okay if you're having a couple of drinks. But then I think when the expectation of them being perfect every time, that might play with their head when they're going out there and putting on a show. You mentioned before too, some of the stories you've heard are inspiring, but then they're also shocking. Now, do you hear more shocking stories or do you hear more inspiring stories? Because that could be for you on the other side, could be quite challenging to kind of deal with or kind of converse with. Honestly, I feel like I hear more inspiring stories. For instance, a lot of musicians first pick up the guitar or pick up whatever instrument, the drums, the piano, because they might have a hard time expressing themselves with words or in any other way. And picking up music seems to really soothe their soul and it's a different way for them to communicate. Mm -hmm. So music and playing an instrument oftentimes can be therapy when you're going through a tough time. 
Yep. For instance, we have a musician upcoming on the podcast called Baby Suicide. And he actually has some really uplifting lyrics. But he started out in music because he felt like an outcast at school. He felt like he didn't belong. And these are feelings that a lot of us feel. Mm. And so because of that, he started writing music and lyrics about how he felt as far as feeling like an outsider. And what happened was he started making friends because people would listen to the music and say, you know what, I feel the same way. This is how I feel. And, you know, he would say, I didn't have any friends at school. But when I started making music, people would come up to me and, and we started to, you know, have a conversation. We started to create friendships. And that's inspiring to me because there definitely is the connection. Every time we listen to music or listen to our favorite artists, whether it's the music and the harmonies themselves or the lyrics that kind of speak to what that person is going through, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we might be able to easily relate to that and feel, you know, not so alone during those tough times. I mean, some of the crazy stuff I've heard, I mean, <laughs> you know, I remember talking with Derek Wibley of Sum 41, and he would say, the band, you know, really liked to party. And there were times where their manager, I think, found one of them under the bus, passed out, and, you know, had to make sure that they got to the next location. And, you know, there are crazy stories like that. Mm -hmm. I interviewed Jonathan Davis of Horn, and he told me about how he used to work at a morgue, and he had this weird obsession with serial killers, and he would collect art from John Wayne Gacy and all these kind of creepy people. But on the other hand, he was also had this really soft spot in his heart where he would, um, you know, visit sick children in the hospital and sing to them. So yeah, I've, I've heard lots of wonderful stories <laughs> that definitely entertained me and hopefully inspired their audience. Yeah, that conversation kind of triggered a, um, an article that I read recently that was talking about if the music industry or the artistic industry was an essential service. And they were saying that music or the, the creative industry isn't necessarily a an essential service because, you know, you, yeah, th that's what the article was saying. But then we don't think about the impacts that music has on everyone and the and the world in terms of getting us through some of these tough times. And so talking about the current tough times, COVID-19, we know that the gig economy is bleeding. It is tough for music industry as a whole. Are you seeing that through in some of the conversations that you're having? And also how has it impacted your life and your podcast? Well, it really is tough. I'm sure for musicians not to perform in front of a live audience because they often tell me that they get as much energy from the audience as the audience gets from them. Mm -hmm. And there is definitely an exchange of energy when you go to a live show. I mean, I can speak for myself. I can go to a great show. And even if I'm not that familiar with the music, just this energy of people being so happy and connecting on the same page at that moment. I mean, that feeling can make me feel good for like a week. You know, mm -hmm. it can make me really be able to take, you know, tough hits at work or whatever it is. So music is so important. And right now it is difficult. It's difficult for the musicians and everybody that works in that industry. And it's, it's tough on the listeners. So one of the things that I do is include music in my day-to-day -day life. I use Spotify and I create playlists. I mean, I actually created one called the Check Your Head Podcast Coronavirus Mood Lifter 
which has all of my favorite songs that you can find on Spotify. And when I'm feeling a little low or when I'm cooking or something, I'll put that on and it just makes me feel like dancing and it just really does lift my mood. Mm -hmm. The other thing as far as using music as therapy is, you know, now is a great time to kind of tinker around with the guitar or an instrument that you maybe put away because you were too busy before the pandemic. Those things really provide another kind of healing. It can be a distraction from some of the stresses that are going on in the world today. It's really important to, to take those kind of breaks. And music allows you to focus on something that you really love and possibly even create music, which, you know, at the end of that, it just, you know, makes you feel so good and hopefully makes others feel good too. I think you've answered my next question there, but what are some of the ways that you kind of deal with stress and pressure? Okay, well, just tagging on to the whole music thing, another thing I find is that when you find music that is in line with how you're feeling, let's say you're feeling heartbroken. I mean, there are a lot of songs out there about lost loves or getting your heart broken. Oftentimes, when you feel like you can relate to what the musician is saying and feeling, it could soothe how you're feeling and actually make you feel better. So for music, that kind of aligns with how you feel. And then also look for music to kind of take you to where you want to go. Like I said, there are times where I'm feeling sort of blah, and when I need a pick-me-up, I listen to dance music. Mm -hmm. The third thing I do is when I'm in the shower, if you can sing, you don't have to sing well at all. (laughs) But, you know, singing to your favorite songs, there's something so wonderful and expressive about that. Your body just feels happy, even if you're singing a sad song that you love. Uh, So those are some of the things that I think can be done with music right now, especially in this pandemic. Talking about singing in the shower, I always find it quite stress relieving to sing as I'm driving to work. But now that everybody's working from home, I have a feeling that a lot of people will be in the same boat, not being able to sing as they're driving to work. When you're speaking to your guests on the Check Your Head podcast, some of the challenges that they're facing in terms of mental health and and stress and anxiety, are there common themes when it comes to them finding support or is it just a lonely road that they have to get through to kind of get that support? Well, it can be a common theme. There was a music distribution company in Sweden called Record Union and they did a study. It was called the 73% study and they, they... surveyed 1,500 independent musicians and found that about seven out of 10 of them admitted to having some sort of mood disorder during their life, whether it's anxiety, depression, panic attacks, you know, PTSD. And that was much more common than, than the regular population. I think right now it's maybe two out of 10 for the regular population. Mm-hmm. They also said that they didn't feel that the music industry was helping alleviate some of those situations. So as a musician, there are organizations now that have developed since then. One is called Tour Support. And if you go on my website at checkyourheadpodcast.com, you'll find information about Tour Support. And it's all about having musicians on the road get connected to therapists or counselors or telehealth so that they can improve their their mental health, you know, on the road and and off the road. Mm. So things are changing, but I think we do have a long way to go. I think that when we get to where musicians can feel 
like asking for help is a sign of bravery instead of a sign of weakness. I think that is a huge step. And, you know, recovery is possible. Recovery is there. Sometimes people think of, let's say we talk about therapy and counseling. They think that you're just sitting there talking about what's going on with you. But, you know, oftentimes you can learn different skills. Like we have mental health experts come on the podcast and talk about cognitive behavioral therapy, which sounds like a mouthful, but it's actually different skills you can learn in order to, you know, beat depressive moods. There's also things like dialectical behavior therapy, which is a therapy that Lady Gaga spoke about during her interview with Oprah that people can learn about and, you know, improve their lives. So even though things are getting better, I think, especially since 2017, the music industry has really started to step up and talk more about mental health. The reason why I asked that question is because in the corporate industry and in the public sector, a lot of the mental health and awareness is kind of provided and advice, especially for the employees who are feeling sick or unwell, that there are different avenues for them to kind of get that help. And I feel as though as a, as a musician who you can say people rely on you to actually continue on the road and you know do what you do, it's hard for you to admit that there is something wrong because for you to admit something is wrong, you may feel like you're letting people down, especially if a lot of people are on tour with you and you know they're going to be with you for a certain amount of period. So that's where I agree that, you know, having different avenues for them to get that help, whether it's telehealth or whether it's, you know, someone that's traveling with them to kind of just talk to them. You mentioned a couple different types of therapy as well. So CBT, um, DBT. Great thing about some of those therapies is it's just about self-awareness. It's just about having that, that person there to kind of get you to ask the right questions. I think that's a very great movement forward towards getting help for our musicians. Well, you know, one thing that you mentioned I just wanted to share is, you know, oftentimes, especially during this pandemic, or let's say when you're on tour and you may not have someone to talk to on a regular basis, there is a lot of telehealth and there are also support groups online where you can remain anonymous. Mm -hmm. One of the great places that I've used in the past is called DBSA, which is the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance. And they have regular meetings that are free. And people don't, when they do it through your computer, you don't have to put your video screen on. So people don't need to know who you are. Some people want to stay anonymous, but you get the support that you need. You have other people there also telling their stories and also sharing their referrals and you know, different tips and advice from people that are actually going through the same thing that you're going through. And, you know, certain conditions can be a very small slice of our population, let's say like bipolar disorder. In order to, to know somebody with bipolar disorder within your family and friends is probably not going to happen. But if you do mm -hmm. go to a support group, you will find people that are going through what you're going through and will have that understanding. And once you have that understanding, you don't feel alone anymore. And that's like one of the best steps to to really get to the next level and really just start to feel better. And the benefit of telehealth nowadays is that it's so easily accessible because you can do it within the comfort of your own home. And it's fantastic that there are opportunities now for us to do it anonymous, which makes it a lot more easier for them if, if they don't want people to know who they are. Moving forward to the, the next 12 to 24 months, where do you see yourself? And what's next for Marie Fong? Oh my goodness. 
I would love to take this podcast to where we have fiscal and financial support from another organization, whether it's Music Cares or another nonprofit. Uh, the reason why is because the only way that I can continue to spread this message is to have support. And I know there are music organizations out there that really believe in providing mental health for their musicians. And this would be an easy way for them to do that, to partner with me. And that way I can really put out more episodes. I really take time to make sure that each episode is quality, that each episode I have a really great story from the musician and also combine them with a mental health expert that can speak on you know, whatever the topic they're speaking on. Mm -hmm. So that would be wonderful to have sponsors also so that I can be able to hire a really wonderful assistant producer and a social media person and somebody that can help with events. And a lot of these roles right now are I'm doing myself or I'm having interns and friends helping me, me with because right now I'm kind of building this foundation. And with the pandemic, it's been a little difficult, but I know that just like yourself, during this time has actually been a really good time to get featured guests because we've had to stay in. And I've had a number of musicians come out and really want to be on the podcast. So it's actually been, in that sense, it's been a good situation in order to, you know, to get the guests that you want. And that, for them to have the time to really, to be a guest, and I guess also just feeling really solid about everything that goes on with podcasting. Mm. You probably have gone through this yourself because of the pandemic. We used to uh, record at Lemon Tree Studios in Highland Park here in California. Beautiful studio. I you know, had an audio engineer, the whole thing. But since the pandemic started, I've had to create my own home studio. I have to get all the equipment, the software, and also learn how to do it all. So, you know, that's been a challenge, but I've also really appreciated the journey because I had no idea that I could do all of this on my own. So that's really been a blessing. I think once you've understood the ability to be completely virtual in the sense that you can record in the comfort of your own home while you're traveling, while you're on site, on location, maybe even when you're going for a walk with your guests as well. If you are able to do that, then I think your ability to speak to the right guests will just exponentially expand. And I think we're, we're starting to see that with the Check Your Head podcast as well. So I, I wish you massive success for the future and I hope you get that sponsor soon so you can continue to do what you, you do best, which is you know speaking to the, the right people and raising awareness for mental health. Well, thank you so much, Tommy. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for allowing me to get the word out on musicians and mental health and much success to you as well. I really enjoyed uh, being interviewed. There you have it, guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast with me, your host, Tommy Bowie. If you like what you've heard today, please make sure you subscribe to our show and share this podcast with your friends. Leave us a review so that we can take on your comments, grow with you as a channel, and keep providing you quality, stress-free content. If you have a story to tell or just want to say hi, drop me an email on hello at thestresslessentrepreneur.com. I'll catch you all on the next episode.